What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Happy Friday, sister friend. In case you're new here, I'm teaching a line-by-line study on the book of Esther inside the community, which you can join in on for free just by heading to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community. Today, I'm recapping week three of our four-week study, which included a line-by-line review of chapters four through seven. And in these few chapters, we learned about how Esther rises up to the role of heroine, how the many ironies in these few chapters alone highlight God's sovereignty and providence, and how Job 42 verse 2 and Proverbs 19 verse 21 actually come to life in this book. I encourage you to grab your Bible, get a journal, get a pen, you're going to take notes, and it's going to be really, really good. Let's do it. Listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with. If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, so before I get started, I just want to make a couple of announcements. Number one, if you're not already inside the community, make sure you head to the community because there is a lot of information that you are missing out on by not following along in the Esther study. I'm going to share my notes. I always do, but I just have to say that it's a lot. <laughs> um. I didn't realize that it would be so much, but I'm glad that it is. It's very, very in-depth, a lot of history. I mean, this is a historical narrative, right? So there's going to be a lot of history. And there are so many Old Testament connections. It's just such a rich study. And I'm so grateful that the Lord has given me the stamina to stay with Esther for what has now been four months. I started studying Esther in March. So make your way there, herrenewstrength.com forward slash community so that you can catch all the replays and just take a whole bunch of notes or just grab mine at the end of the study. The second thing I wanted to share or announce is that in about three weeks, so July 7th to July 11th, you should be prepared because I'm going to be having a flash sale. It's going to be only from the 7th to the 11th of July, and there's going to be a serious discount on the course. So if you don't know, I have a course. It's called On Heaven's Timeline. This is a Christ-centered productivity playbook that will help you get more done. Stop stressing about your to-do list and make time. Have time for what matters most. It is a very rich, very packed course that will help you get to the core of what your actual issues are and then refine your processes, create processes, 
create a framework for your life that you can rinse and repeat in all areas. And you can work at this at your own pace. There's a ton of stuff that you get with it, over a dozen bonuses, monthly Q&As with me. You get special rates on uh, private sessions. It's the only way that you can work with me one-on-one is if you are a student, by the way. And yeah, student community, lifetime access, it's going to be good. It's already good. The sale is happening July 7th through the 11th. You're going to save a whole lot of money and I will email the discount code. So if you do not already receive emails from me every week, then you need to either make your way to the community and give me your email there or shoot me an email, erica at herrenewstrength.com and I'll add you myself. All right, very good. So we're in chapter four and we're going through chapter seven. This is a recap. I'm telling you, if I were to go in depth like I have, I will be here for hours, literally hours. So I'm not going to do that to you. We're going to start with a recap of chapter four. Mordecai persuades Esther to help. So at this point, Mordecai is the one who brings the news to Esther. And he goes into mourning. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes. And then he goes out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he only went as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. So he goes up to where the king's gate is and he sends word to Esther that he's in mourning. And so when Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came in and told her about him, she was very stressed out. She sends clothes for him to put on, he won't put them on. So she summons one of the king's eunuchs who is assigned to attend to her and she orders him to find out what's going on. They're playing a a game of, of telephone. So she sends a message by way of a eunuch. Mordecai sends a message back. And the message that he sends back to her is that she needs to go into the king and petition him on behalf of the Jews. If you're just joining and you're not really sure what's happening because you're not familiar with Esther, don't worry, you're not the only one. At this point, the enemy of the Jews, a man named Haman, has convinced the king to sign into law a day of annihilation of all Jewish people in the Persian Empire. So about a year from that time is what is essentially like an execution day for all the Jews. And so Esther's Jewish, but no one knows that because Mordecai had ordered her not to tell anybody. And at this point, he's now telling her, all right, go to the king and ask for him to step in. She's like, well, he hasn't called for me in 30 days. And if you listen to any of the last couple of uh, recaps that we've had on the podcast, or if you're inside of the community, you know that this guy, King Xerxes, he is not a stable man. He is very extreme. He is enraged very easily. He's very prideful and very easily offended. And so she's saying, like, I haven't been called by him in 30 days. And so Her concern is raising up an even deeper concern, which is the implication that if she does approach him unsolicited, he could have her killed. And Haman, uh, I'm sorry, Mordecai says to her what is probably, if not definitely, the most famous verse out of Esther, which is in chapter 4, verse 14. 
For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Relief is the Hebrew word revach, which means space or enlargement, or it could mean respite, rest. Okay, so relief, rest for the Jews will rise from another place, right? He also says deliverance, which is the Hebrew word hatsalah, which means escape or deliverance, okay? So he's basically telling her, you don't have to say yes, but don't think that you're going to be okay. And don't think that someone else won't be the person to do it. So Esther responds by calling for a fast to be observed by all the Jews in Susa, which is where they are. And she also commits to the fast. She says that she and her attendants will also fast for three days and three nights. And then after that, she plans to go into the king despite not being called for for 30 days. And she says, if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of her instructions. All right, chapter five, Esther's request to the king. So interestingly, Esther is essentially being disobedient to the king when she enters his court without having been called for. The irony is that Vashti, the prior queen, was deposed for her disobedience. She was disobedient in a different way, but disobedient nonetheless, right? And if you flip back to chapter one, you see that the king and his nobles come up with this law, and it basically says that every man should be ruler over his own house using his native tongue. And it banishes Vashti from ever being in the presence of the king again because she disobeyed the king. So Esther disobeys the king by approaching him in his royal court without having been called for. But we know that the Lord's favor is upon her. And Esther, having won the king's favor, is not punished for this. Instead, she's shown favor and mercy when the king extends his royal scepter to her in Esther chapter 5, verse 2. So the king's response to Esther is assuring her that she's in the clear. He says to her in verse 3, Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given you. How nice. <laughs> How nice to get that response instead of essentially being, um, I can't even think of the word, sentenced to death, right? She did not perish. Instead, she's met with with grace and mercy. And she basically requests that he be present at a private banquet that she have for him. And she wants to invite Haman, who is known as the enemy of the Jews. Now, Haman finds out and he is in high spirits because of this, right? So he goes out to the courtyard. He's in his best mood. And he basically is deflated pretty much immediately because he sees Mordecai in the courtyard. And Mordecai, we know, has no care in the world for this guy. He's not intimidated by him. He doesn't respect him. And he does not rise or show fear in Haman's presence. And this enrages Haman. So Haman goes home, complains to his wife and friends, and they come up with this 
horrific plot to have Mordecai killed. And the plot includes having Mordecai impaled on a pole that he's going to set up in his yard, which is very strange that that even would be a thing, but this is, you know, the time that they live in. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let Jor's Joy podcast production and management services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Jor's Joy at facebook.com forward slash Jor's Joy. All right, back to the show. All right. Chapter six. Mordecai is honored. Okay, so There's a lot of irony throughout this book. And here is another situation where irony plays out. So the king can't sleep. And what does he do? This is actually very funny to me. He calls for the history books that include all of his chronicles as king to be read to him. And I think think it's so funny that he calls for like, a boring history book to be read to him. Well, in this history book, they recount that Mordecai was the one who uncovered two of the king's officials were plotting to kill him. And he's like, oh, have have we repaid this guy? Like, have we honored him? And they, his guys confirmed that they haven't. So he's like, we have to honor him. Fine. Well, the very next morning, Haman goes into the palace and he meets up with the king. And the king says to him, what would you do if you wanted to honor a guy? Haman, being so full of himself, is thinking that he's the one who's going to be honored. So he comes up with this entire thing that you would parade him around in a royal robe, put your ring on him, put whatever else on him, and parade him around the entire city, proclaiming that he is the guy who is being honored. And what happens? The king tells Haman, okay, have this done for Mordecai and make sure that you don't skip any of the details. <laughs> and I I really was cracking up when I read this and like actually realized what was happening. So God has jokes, right? Well, there's no such thing as coincidence. I think by now we all know that, but just in case you ever have a the temptation to think that there is coincidence, there's not, all right? While God may not be named in this book, and in case you don't know, God is never named in this book. That's the truth. He might not be named, but we do see that the favor of the Lord is on Mordecai and on Esther, right? But in this situation, specifically on Mordecai, and that God's sovereignty and providence is at work in these moments. Love, love, love how that played out. We move on to chapter seven, which is the last chapter we're covering today. And this is where Haman is impaled. So another example of irony occurs after the two-day banquet that Esther holds for Xerxes and Haman. Ultimately, it takes two days for Esther to tell King Xerxes what it is that she wants. And on the second day is when Esther strategically discloses what her issue is, what she wants. And so she says, I want for I and my people 
to be spared. We've been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. And he's like, who is he? Who's the man who has dared to do such a thing? Right? This is in verse 4 through 6. And Esther says, an adversary and enemy, this vile Haman. I could picture her pointing to him like, this dude right here. (laughs) It says, then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. And in verse 7, the king got up in a rage, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. This man is so quick to anger, King Xerxes. I would have been terrified, okay, just knowing that. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. But Haman, we know, is is actually terrified. So then when the king returns, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. And the king says, will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as he said that, the king's guys cover Haman's face. And one of the eunuchs who was attending to the king says to the king, there's a pole that stands behind Haman's house. He had it set up for Mordecai. And the king says in verse nine, impale him on it. In verse 10, so they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai. Oh my goodness. Isn't that ironic? I mean, this couldn't have ended more perfectly. It's not done. We still have several more chapters, but wow. Here's some takeaways. And I hope that you'll take some time to study this very, very powerful. I mean, the entire Bible is powerful. Um, But as an adult, having studied this in such depth, I went through so many emotions studying this this book. The first time I read it all the way through as an adult, I think I had read it when I first became a Christian and read the Bible, but I didn't know what I was reading. And I was on one of those Bible in a year plans. So I was reading a lot of scripture in a day, right? Like I can't say that I retained a lot of it truly. Um, but now having having gone through it, like I said, I was studying Esther since March and I read through it so many times before I started to pick it apart. And I had so many emotions. And I was really like cracking up through some of this. And then at this part, I was jaw to the ground, shocked. But then, like, God is creative, you know, like, He will work things out like that. So, here are some things that I want you to kind of walk away with. All right two main points. The first is that Esther was obedient and as a result, she was a willing participant in the plans and purposes of the Lord. That's the first thing. The last thing I want to leave you with is going to tie into Job and Proverbs. Okay. Ultimately, this is another ironic truth. It's so crazy how this worked out. Mordecai is an ancestor of King Saul, right? And if you've listened to the last couple episodes, you know where I'm going with this. Haman was an ancestor of Agag, the Amalekite king that Saul was supposed to kill, but spared. And that entire ordeal with Saul and the Amalekite king Agag 
being spared, that is the reason God removed Saul from the position of king or essentially dethroned him, okay? Because the Lord had commanded Saul to completely destroy the Amalekites. No doubt because the Lord knew that this man, Haman, would try to destroy the Jews. But Saul didn't listen. He let the king go, among other things. And so this man, Haman, is an ancestor of that king. And Saul is a Benjamite. We know this. So is Mordecai. Saul and Mordecai are related. So these two guys who have history back in 2 Samuel and 1 Samuel, their bloodline continued and continued to feud in Persia. They're not even in the same place anymore, right? And so ultimately the Lord who had ordered the destruction of the Amalekites, his purposes and plans are still fulfilled, though centuries later in a faraway land. And that leads me to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And in Job 42, verse 2, we hear Job praising the Lord and saying, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And that's where I want to leave you today. So if you're not already inside the community, head to herrenewstrength.com forward slash community to get all the juiciness because there's a lot more where this came from. And next Friday is the last recap episode that we'll have, but it's not too late to join us. Trust me, because you can just catch the replays like everybody else and it'll be good. And you'll get my notes at the end. So herrenewstrength.com forward slash community in three weeks, July 7th to 11th flash sale, major savings on my course on Heaven's Timeline. This will help you with your time management, help you stop stressing about your to-do list, help you get more done and help you have time for the things that actually matter in your life. And I'm excited to serve you and just to grow with you. I love y'all. I appreciate you. And I will see you on the next one. God bless. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to herrenewedstrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.